God's vision for your life and for the church is that we would be a community of faith where everybody is needed and known. Could it be time that God is calling you to come out of the grandstands and get on the playing field of the greatest thing happening on planet Earth and help us change the world with the power of the God? We are never going to become the church God is calling us to be. We're never going to become a dangerous church that can charge the gates of hell and make a difference in this world if we don't get more teammates. Are you on the team? I'm going to be needed, and I'm going to be known, and I'm going to be fired up because I'm going to be in a church that's changing the spiritual climate of planet Earth. Woo! Sister said, woo! That's how I felt. I've been up since 3 a.m. this morning. Could not sleep, no joke. So I'm fired up to be with you. Hey, keep that energy going. Welcome all of our campuses. Love you guys at all of our campus locations. I love that recap that the production team has decided to do during this series. It kind of catches us up with where we've been and it's celebratory. So I got some good news for you. Do you like good news? I love good news. Last Sunday... 411 people signed up to join serving teams throughout the movement. 411. Imagine what could happen if our church were to truly assimilate 411 people. Now hear me, some of you get caught up in the moment and you've marked connect cards and you get excited And then you don't do squat when we reach out to you. So if you haven't heard anything or if you don't hear anything, come tell me. Come email us because we want to know because we're trying to get better. And sometimes we make mistakes, but our team is really trying to get better. But it could be that we couldn't read your writing. It could be that we emailed you and it's in your junk folder. Check your junk folder because you might not be used to getting an email from the church. But again, you should hear something from us. And when you hear something from us, for the love of God, remember how you felt last Sunday and get in the game. Come on, Dad. You should clap for that right there. There's lots of more, lots more good news. 194 people, 194 people uh, signed up to get into life groups. Come on, honor those folks who said, I'm going to do community. Hey, 70, this, this rocked my world. 70 people signed up and said that they are sensing a possible, we use the word possible carefully, a possible call to full-time ministry. 70 people. Oh, my word. Now, just so we're clear, we didn't say last week that if you mark that, we're hiring you. We didn't say, but we might. But what we do want to do is, and the pastors and staff are fired up about this, they're going to come alongside of you, and they're going to help you discern that process. Historically speaking, in the church, People are called into ministry, A, when they sense an inward calling. They feel it. But if you ever experienced a person who felt something on the inside that you didn't feel for them? So there's an inward calling, historically speaking, but then there is an outward calling that is confirmed or affirmed by the church. We want to come alongside you, journey with you, and see if the inward call matches up with the outward call. And one day you might end up on staff here, or one day God might send you to Timbuktu in the name of Jesus to do a great 
work for God. Amen? Somebody says, sign me up. I'm going to Timbuktu. Um, Hey, last praise report. No, actually, I got one more. Last praise report. 175 first-time guests arrived at the... What? So if you are a first-time guest, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are a football fan, I know there's some also some good news going on. I'm talking about the University of South Carolina. Columbia campus is going to love this. University of South Carolina beat Louisiana Tech. North Carolina State. Garner's going to love this. NC State beat Florida State. Now, I want to talk to you, Garner people, or anybody in any of our campuses, you're an NC State fan. Part of my job, hopefully, is to teach you how to be a, a classy Christian. <laughs> Stay classy, my friend. Somebody on the NC State is kind of funny. But it's not classy. Somebody on the NC State team, after they won the game, went into the middle of Florida State football field. This hacked my wife off because she's a Florida State grad. They went into the middle of the field and spit on the Seminole. That's not right. But it's funny, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, and uh, Duke beat Carolina. Now, some of you Carolina fans, listen, you just need to get over it. You need to realize it's just a game. If you need extra prayer at any of our campuses, we'll have some prayer for you today. Um, but if you want this stuff to end, you need to, you need to start a campaign. Because I, I don't know if you know, but they got this speaker who speaks now every year before the Duke-Carolina football game. He spoke last year, and Duke beat them 28-27. to 27. It was my birthday, and I rushed the field with my kids last year. And then he spoke again this year, and Duke won 27 to 17. And um, I've already received a, an invitation to speak next year. <laughs> I'm 2-0, and o, baby. I'm 2-0. and o. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. And if you're ready for me to move on from sports, because you can't stand sports, say glory to God. Actually, that's actually Carolina fans who's just ready to move on. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Hey, um, <laughs> I want to talk to y'all. Y'all out of control today. You're out of control. Um, I want to talk to you real quickly before I get to the, the message today. I want to talk to you about um, the subject matter that I talked about in a Facebook Live video on Friday, and, and some of you might have already seen that, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I, I, just, I just have been hearing comments from you, and if I'm going to serve you as pastor, I need to kind of try to discern where God is leading us and what I need to speak to at certain points in time, but there, there has been a lot of discussion lately about the end times, about the end times, um, the apocalypse. Uh, if you know anything about that, and we've done a series on Revelation, you can get that at our resource center. Um, but I've talked about that before. But yesterday, the world was supposed to come to an end. It didn't. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> I actually was thinking yesterday during the football game as I was watching it. I was down in the Duke section sitting with the coach's wife. And um, I thought, I, like, because the game went back and forth. I thought, if, if, if the world ends right now and Carolina's ahead, do they win? And then we went ahead and I thought, would, would, would Duke go into heaven, champions? Um, and then I realized God probably doesn't give a flip about the Duke-Carolina football game. Um, but but there's, there, September 23rd was supposed to be the day that it all ended, right? 
And if, if, I think most of you are aware of this. This traces all the way back to Darbyanism and the Darbians who are always predicting that the world's coming to an end and they always get it wrong. And then you got now these Christian numerologists who crunch numbers and, and, and they always get it wrong too. And then when they get it wrong, you know what they do? They never say, I was wrong. Uh, they say, uh, we, we must have miscalculated and we'll get back with you on another date. And then they come up with another date. And I got a book in the mail last week. It was called Rapture. Case closed. And it was all about September 23rd. Case closed. Done. And I just want to, just for a moment, let you know that you should never really believe any of that stuff. I want to let you know, though, because I know many of you are anxious and you're worried about the state of our world. I want to just remind you of a few scriptures. And these are not even on the screen. These are just scriptures that God has laid on my heart to just make sure we're called up today. Psalm 89.9 says this, you rule over the surging sea. God, you rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you calm them. So it doesn't matter if it's Irma or it doesn't matter if it's Harvey. And as I already said before, we need to stop naming these hurricanes such docile feminine names. If you want people to evacuate, call that bad boy Hurricane Megatron 5000. <laughs> or, or Hurricane Death. I mean, that'll get the evacuation up. We call Irma and Harvey. Anyway, um, but he still is in control, church. Jesus got up in Mark 4 and he rebuked the wind and sea and he said, silence. And the wind and the storm died down. Come on, he, he still moves stones and he still calms storms. Come on, church. Doomsdayers and false prophets will come, and this year they had all the ammunition they needed with the total eclipse of the sun. And so they, they found scripture for that. But I just want to remind you that Jesus said in Matthew 24, 36, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 26, but about the day or the hour, no one knows. No one, everybody say no one. No. Look at your neighbor and say, not even you. Right? No one knows about the hour. No one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Only the Father knows. So do I think we are living in the end times? Absolutely. Unequivocally, I believe we are. There are more signs mounting up than ever before. But I believe that the, the call of the gospel from day one is that God has always desired that his faithful church would live in a posture of readiness. We should always be living as if this could be the day. But should we try to predict it? No, it's a waste of time. It's a royal waste of your time. The better question for you to ask is if he returned today, am I ready? If he pierced the eastern sky today, am I ready to stand before the judgment seat of Christ? That's what you should be asking yourself. And that is what I should always be asking myself. And that will change everything. Will you pray with me? Father, um, these are tricky days that we live in. And I believe that it could happen any day. Lord, I pray for this faithful, beautiful community of faith called New Hope. Father, I ask that we would live in a posture of readiness, 
God, as we think about the upcoming message series from Ephesians 6, and we're gonna be talking about battle ready. What does it mean to be ready for the battle? What does it mean to live victoriously and fight in the midst of political bickering, in the midst of wars and rumors of wars, in the midst of hurricanes and earthquakes? May the signs warn us that it could be any day. And may we be found ready and faithful to meet you face to face in Jesus' name. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. Open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Now, I'm going to be taking you also to Matthew's gospel. So if you want to go ahead and mark, you can mark Matthew 13. Open up your app. Grab your teaching notes. Check in on Facebook if you would like. But in Matthew or in Acts chapter 8, we have this peculiar scene where Philip is led by the Lord to go down this deserted road. It's, it's, an, it's, an, it's a crazy idea. And he tells Philip to go. An angel of the Lord says, go down this secluded desert road. Philip goes. And Philip then encounters an Ethiopian eunuch. Now, I just want to say before I take you to Matthew's gospel today, scholars have said for years, and I believe it to be so, Acts chapter 8 is one of the most pivotal chapters in the New Testament that shows us the way in which the gospel is unbridled, it is unhindered in Jesus Christ. Because when Philip says yes, and by the way, that's the most important thing you can take out of this day. If God tells you to do something, even if it is absurd, your answer should always be yes. Always be yes. Philip says yes, and he goes, and then he encounters this Ethiopian eunuch. Philip is compliant. He's obedient. He goes on this seemingly absurd order, and he encounters an Ethiopian. Now, an Ethiopian in that day and age would have been intriguing, to say the least. It would have been a black person. Philip goes. We know that from the scriptures in Acts chapter 8, I'm not going to read the whole passage, but you can. But the Ethiopian eunuch is a person of stature. It's a person of influence. Philip goes finds the Ethiopian reading from the prophet Isaiah. He asks Philip to explain it to him. Philip then unpacks the prophet Isaiah, preaches the gospel. The Ethiopian eunuch receives the gospel of Jesus Christ and then says, hey, there's a little water there. What is to prevent me from being baptized? And you'll see in verse 36, as they traveled along the road, Acts chapter 8, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? Philip takes him off the chariot, baptizes the Ethiopian. The Ethiopian comes out of the waters of baptism and goes into the world and starts preaching the gospel in and around Africa. Scholars, again, say this passage is, it's hard to even articulate how important it is as it flings the doors open on the gospel and lets the Jewish community know this is a gospel that is for anyone and everyone and not just for the Jew. Now, where did this come from, this idea 
of baptism. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. Matthew 3, I'm sorry, 13 through 17. Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Now, if you got your Bibles open or your teaching notes, I want you to mark that. We're going to come back to that because the tendency is to skip right over that verse, but it is incredibly important. Jesus came from where? To where? To the Jordan to be baptized by John. I'm going to camp out on that in just a moment. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, verse 15, let it be so now, it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all what church? All what? Then John consented. Verse 16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven, read this part with me, a voice from heaven said, what? This is my son whom I love and with him I am well, I'm well what? Three things on baptism. Write it down. You don't want to miss it today. Three incredibly things, incredible things that we're going to talk about and then we're going to move to baptism at all of our campuses. Number one, baptism is not optional. It is extremely, write it in, important. Baptism is not what, church? It is extremely important. Good job. Look at verse 13 again. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Hear me out, church. Jesus walked. This is why I said I would camp out on this. Jesus walked 60 miles to get baptized. 60 miles, if you don't know the geography of that area, we sometimes think it's really, really close, or sometimes we think it's way too far, it wasn't that far. But he walked 60 miles to get baptized. That should tell us that baptism is incredibly important. Like, guys, I didn't want to walk from my family room to my office the other day to get my cell phone. So I told one of my youngins to go get it. Come on. Come on. And he, he tried to backtalk me. And I practiced good parenting. I said, boy, I brought you into this world. And I can take you out of this world. I'm no, just kidding. Just kidding. He went and got it. He was a good boy. But, like, I didn't even want to walk that far. Like, uh, any runners in the house? Come on. Runners, runners, runners. Any, any, any like, half marathon runners? Half marathon runners. Come on. I've run, I think, I think... Three or four, I think it's four. I've run like four half marathons. Half marathon is what? 13.1. Like, and sometimes people say, hey, do you want to run a full marathon? Heck to the no. Like, I almost die when I run a, a half marathon, literally. The half marathon is a hard challenge for me. And it's like, it's like the perfect run for me. Like, how many of you have run full marathons? That's, that's 26.2 miles. Come on, how many, how many? You people are amazing. 26.2 miles. Jesus walked 60 miles to get baptized. 
It is that important. And some of you just kind of shuck it off as if it's not that important. And I want to make sure we know on this Baptism Sunday that it is incredibly important. The Bible says that baptism is extremely important. The Bible says that baptism really is your first profession of faith, your public profession of faith. I know many of you came from churches where there was an altar rail, right? How many of you, come on, show of hands. How many of you came to churches where there was an altar rail and people would come down front and accept Christ? Show of hands, a lot of you. A lot of you. And you might have noticed that at our campuses, we don't have an altar rail. And some of you love that, and some of you don't love that. I hear this from time to time. Why don't you call people down front to accept Jesus? And we, we, we've done it that way, and we might. But some of you had altar rail experiences that weren't so good. Pastor gets up, and we're going to sing first three verses of just as I am. You just come on down, except nobody comes. You've been there, right? Nobody comes. And then he goes, we're going to sing verse four. Nobody comes. We're going to sing verse 5. I mean, on verse 16, you're going, for God's sake, somebody go forward. I'm hungry, right? (laughs) You've been there, haven't you? Nothing wrong. I mean, and God used the altar rail. Please don't get me wrong. God used the altar rail in the revivalistic movement of the church and is still used today. Something powerful about the altar. Don't hear me wrong. But make no mistake about it, biblically speaking, and this is the way we designed our campuses, and this is why we do outside baptisms. But biblically speaking, it is a public profession of your faith. And here's my question to you, and we're going to go to point number two. Have you had a spiritually significant baptism? Because I want to ask you, just like Philip, to do something that might seem absurd to you. I'm going to show you my hand. Like, I have one goal today. My goal is to convince so many of you to jump into the waters of baptism right where you are at any of our campuses. And you might be watching this online or on television or whatever. You you can get in your car. You can come to any of our campuses. We will baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I'm asking every single one, if you have not had a spiritually significant baptism, I'm calling you out today and saying, go get baptized. Number two, and this is related to that. Write it in. It is time I get past my objections. It is time I do what? Get past my, because here's what happened. I just started talking about calling you out, and here's what some of you did. You started making excuses. You started coming up with your objections. I'm worried about my hair. (laughs) What about my hair, pastor? What about my makeup, pastor? (laughs) Or guys, well, Shame I didn't wear clothes and get wet today, honey. I'll do it later. We got shorts. We got shirts. We got brushes. We got hairspray. If you need some makeup, we got some of that. We've got feminine products. We got anything you need so that you can get in the waters of baptism today. There is no excuse and no objection. Did you notice in verse 14 that that John tried to make an excuse for Jesus, that John tried to deter Jesus saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? John the baptizer, crazy old Baptist, tries to 
tries to deter Jesus from getting baptized. John had his objection. Listen to me. And you will have yours today. You need to cast that objection away from you. Say, get thee behind me, Satan. I am jumping into the waters of baptism. I'm going to claim September 24th as a spiritually significant day for me. And I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to obey him. And I'm going to jump into the waters of baptism. Somebody said to me one time, they go, Pastor, I want to get baptized, but I'm scared. I've been baptizing people now 28 years. You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. I haven't lost a single person. <laughs> I'm batting 100% like I am speaking at Duke. lost a single and you're not gonna believe this listen none of the campus pastors they've never lost one either and if they do they're gonna be called in tomorrow morning <laughs> we, we don't lose people man we we take you down but we bring you back up it's it's a sign of going down to the sin sinful flesh and, and being buried in Christ Paul would say and being lifted being raised being resurrected in Christ Jesus some of, you, some, some of you say this, well, I, 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 I'm just a private person. Private? Baptism is God's way of saying there is no room for private Christianity. There is no, it would, it's like a wedding ring, like, like it's, a, it's an outward symbol, a sign of, of my, my commitment to Christ. It'd be like me saying to Amy, hey, honey, I got an idea. I, I, I still want to be married to you, but I, I'm going to take my ring off. Is that cool? You'd be reading about, you'd be, you'd be coming to my funeral probably. <laughs> come on, come on. Private. All right. You're Private. Then wrestle with this. Words of Jesus. Matthew 10, 32 and 33. Whoever, whoever, what's that next word? Can you help me? Whoever what? Me before others. I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever, help me out, whoever what? Disowns me before others. I will disown before my Father. In heaven. Private? God creates a dangerous church. When he creates a movement of people who understand Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. There is no room for being ashamed of your faith. On Sunday or Monday all the way through Saturday, we own and we acknowledge who Jesus is. And the Bible says he will do the same before our Father who is in heaven when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Amen? First thing you need to know, baptism is not optional. It is extremely what? Secondly, it is time for 
I get past my objections like today. Some of you need to move today. And number three, I must get baptized as soon as possible. Now, now, I've had homiletical professors tell me over and over when I was in seminary and they, they, don't, don't, in 21st century, be careful. Don't, don't use words like must. And I am intentionally using a very strong word. I must get baptized as soon as possible. Am I saying you are saved through baptism? Absolutely not. But I am using that word emphatically. I must. Say it with me. I must get baptized. When? As soon as possible. The Ethiopian eunuch looked at Philip and said, hey, there's some water. Why not right now? And if I can speak the words of the Ethiopian eunuch to you, I'd say, hey, there's water at every campus. Why not now? Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us follow him today because we are not promised tomorrow. Jesus said, verse 15, will you read it out loud with me? Jesus said, let it be so. When? It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. You know what some of your problems are with Christianity? Some of you. Some of you have this problem in your faith. You don't understand yet, and I'm trusting you will in the season ahead, you don't understand how important obedience is. Obedience. Again, not saying it saves you. We are saved by faith and faith alone. We are saved through grace by faith. Amen? But that doesn't negate the fact that in the Bible, obedience is paramount. And some of you have only gone so far in Christianity, you've reached your spiritual lid, if you will, and you can't seem to bust out of it because you have refused to embrace obedience. Obedience leads to opportunities. Obedience, when I am obedient to God and I take a step, toward Christ, then God opens up opportunities. And guess what? I'll experience those opportunities and those blessings and those favor and that favor, but I won't experience the next level until I take another step of obedience. And then when I'm obedient there, God says, huh, he's obedient again, flings open blessings and opportunities. And then I'm at that lid. And then I take another step of obedience. Obedience leads to opportunities. And some of us are stuck. I want to do a sermon series one day called Stuck. We're stuck because we haven't been obedient where we are. Baptism is the first step in full obedience to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. What is? Baptism. It is the first step 
in full obedience to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And some of you, many of you, I know the stats, have never taken that first step. Here's a question. And then I'm going to surprise you with an, with an element today that we typically don't do in church, but I spoke about it in the video on Friday. But, but here's a question for you. How in the world can we claim that Jesus is Lord if we are not willing to do the very first thing Jesus did and the very first thing he asked us to do as followers? Get baptized. Marinate in that question for just a moment. And as you do, we have a special treat today. And today, we've, we've never done this as far as I know in our worship center. All our baptisms have been outside. We've done one in the building this summer, but not in our worship centers. But today, we have the special treat of seeing someone lead the way today. Lead the way in baptism. And so I would like to introduce you to George Franco, who is our executive pastor. All of you know him. And he is going to introduce you, hey, how you doing, Jenny, to Jenny. Can you show her some love? <laughs> show her some love. It's nice and warm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. And there's a big step right there. And all of our outdoor baptisms as well. Have a seat. Pastor George is going to tell you about Jenny, and we get the unbelievable privilege of celebrating this and watching this. Check it out. All right. Uh, I got to meet Jenny last week, I think we met, right? And uh, she's been working on my Spanish. Uh, me, hermana. In Cristo, see? Amen. See, yeah, so I'm getting better. And uh, hey, one thing our church can be praying for is Jenny has some family in Puerto Rico. And Pastor mentioned that earlier. And so this week, as you guys pray, she hasn't heard from her family. And uh, many of you have experienced that with some of the hurricanes and storms. So if we can be praying together as a church family for Jenny. But Jenny has an incredible story. She wrote it down. I just wanna share it uh, in Jenny's words. It says, I've been a Christian 18 years and I've always been a believer because of the miracles that God has done in my life. I always believed, but I didn't always have the conviction to really trust God with everything in my life. A few years ago, I got to a low point in my life and I struggled to get through the situation on my own and with my son, Eric. I felt God draw me back to him, but I kept trying to do things myself by uh, working my way out of the situation. I knew God would be the only one who could give me strength to get through everything. In the end, God used my son, Eric, to draw me uh, to New Hope Church because as we would drive by, Eric would say to me, we need to go to that church. <laughs> That's awesome. A couple months ago, Eric said, we need to go today. <laughs> and so they did. She says, we've met many amazing people that have taken us under their wings like Kathy, Bill, and Krista at Starting Point. 
And I decided to move towards God and really listen to what he wanted me to do and to fully trust him during this low time. The reason I have decided to get baptized today is because I want to start a new chapter in my life, fully trusting God with everything and knowing that he loved me even before I loved him. I realized that God is the only one who can change my life and help me get through my struggles. He died for me and now I'm going to live for him. <laughs> Jenny, have you accepted Jesus as your savior? Yes. All right, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Congratulations, Jenny. You can be seated. So here, here's my question. What about you? The Ethiopian said, what, what should prevent me from getting baptized today? Now. Philip said, nothing. What is preventing you from getting baptized now? I love how Jenny said it. She wanted to start a new chapter today. Who would have ever thought that you could be immersed into three feet of water and leave it all right there? Leave it all Right there. Where? In three feet of water. We want to sing this song over you. And I want you to keep asking yourself that question. What is preventing me now, today, from getting baptized? Got a whole lot of years and a whole lot of pain, and it all got me here where the river meets the clay. Rewinding through my past, trying to find some good, but I can't seem to see what my mama always could. And that sun is shining down. On all my darker days They're coming to me now As I hear the preacher say In the name of the Son and the Father Can I really leave it all? Three feet of water. About 
seven months ago, I was really struggling with some addiction issues. I was at a really low point. I gave my life over to Christ, and, and this, was, this was the next step for me. A lot of struggles and a lot of hard times that I've had, and, and God never gave up on me. He has certainly continued to push forward through me, and the Holy Spirit entered my life. And so I came here today to get baptized to um, just make a, a, an open profession that I'm, I'm new. I have awakened from my sleep, and, and God is with me always. We were talking about uh, getting saved, so I asked if you wanted to be led to the Lord, and uh, he asked Jesus into his heart. Then the next step was uh, to get baptized. Just to go public with my faith, you know, just to show the world I'm no longer lukewarm, you know, not hot one minute and then cold the next minute, you know, I'm all in. Telling everyone you know that, you know, like, you are devoting your life to Christ, and I decided to do it because, like, I know I just want everyone to know that I'm a Christian. I was incarcerated, and then one night I just got on my knees and asked God, forgive me for all my sins. And then ever since that day, I know I'm going to be welcomed to the kingdom of heaven now. <laughs> I've been through situations that nobody knows. Today, yesterday, I can give my life to him and serve him how I need to. I can't unbreak the laws, straighten out the rules I've been. Take the broken dreams and hearts, make them all whole again. I've been carrying around all the messes that I've made. But a few more steps from now, the law be washed away and that sun is shining down. On all my darker days, then come into me now. As I hear the preacher say, in the name of the Son and the Father, who'd have thought I can leave it all? Three feet of water over me, amazing grace, the choir sings, and now know what mercy's all about. And the sun is shining down on all my darker days. The waiting on all of our campuses what are you waiting on everything about today is calling you to get out of your seat say excuse me walk by somebody they'll be thrilled to let you out and head outside 
and get baptized today. We've thought of everything you need. And even all of creation itself is calling out. I mean, it's September 24 and it's 86 degrees today. So why don't you stand, everybody, just, I want us to stand in this moment. Pray with me. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Pray with me. Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you're stirring today. It is obvious to me that the Holy Spirit is all over this place. And God, I know that there are people in every location and the enemy is trying to get them to say no. They are thinking about objections. They're thinking about family members that aren't here. I would say to you, your family can watch this online. May they hear and yield and obey your still small voice today. May your people today, Father God, many of them for the very first time will do something absolutely spontaneous and follow you into three feet of water to declare to the world, I am a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. The first thing you need to do is receive Christ as your Lord. And then in the book of Acts, over and over and over again and throughout the New Testament, this is what we see. Salvation, baptism, salvation, baptism. Or maybe you're here and you've been saved a long time, but you've never followed him in baptism. Maybe today you can meet new believers in the waters of baptism. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, you want to be saved and you want to be ready for that great day that we talked about in the beginning. Pray this simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my heart today. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my life today, Lord. Come into my life to stay. I trust you by faith and faith alone. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. And I receive you today and I follow you, Lord Jesus, into the waters of baptism. And I join my brothers and sisters there and I let this be my public profession of Christian baptism. And I pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the people of God said together out loud, amen, amen. Yeah, you, you know people just prayed that. So here's what I want you to do. Without any further ado, the word has been preached. I, I gotta say this, I've been doing this a while. I, I don't know that we've ever had a more anointed service around baptism. If you don't get baptized today, you might not ever get baptized. So I'm not gonna drag it out. On the count of three, you just move. One, are you gonna do it? He died for you, he loved you, he calls you into the waters of baptism. When you get baptized, you're following Jesus. Two. Everything's been prepared and ready for you at all of our campus locations. 
I see some people already moving. Three, just move, just go. Right where you are, just go, just go. Follow your campus pastor at all the campuses. Just follow, he's gonna lead you out. Just go, just go, every one of you. What are you waiting on? What about that, just go. Campuses, follow your campus pastors, watch them go. Celebrate them, church. Go, 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 go. Just go wherever you are. Follow Christ in fact There you go, go. Look at them go. Look at them go. Just go. At the campuses, go. There's more. There's more. What are you waiting on? Just go. Follow your campus pastor. Come on, church, celebrate them. Praise his holy name.